This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. In the last episode, you got to hear the biggest mistakes that successful people make in their routines with Craig Ballantyne. Uh, If you missed that episode, please go back and check it out. We know that (laughs) forming powerful routines is a huge pain point for somebody. We actually created a course around it called Millionaire Productivity Habits, which if you guys go to theonething.com and you click on shop and on the top, you'll, you'll see Millionaire Productivity Habits under there. It's it's inexpensive and it's a great, great course. So you can check that out. In this episode, we are going to talk about time management, specifically how to get more time in your day. Now, this is a little different one. I was actually being featured on another podcast, which is the Life on Target podcast by a new friend of mine, Matt Johnson. And we he dove right in. He had done his research. He read the book. Uh, he did his research. He's been listening to the One Thing podcast. He had some incredible questions. And this was unlike any other interview that I had ever done before. And half the time I'm, I'm listening to what was being said. I said, you know what? I have to share this with you guys. It was just, it was so valuable. And I knew they would help you bring more purpose and priority into your days so that you could get more time out of your day. So we hope that you enjoy this episode with Matt Johnson. I will let you know a lot of the questions he asked is because he's been very up to date with what we're doing with our founding members and the membership launch we have coming up. If you guys want to be on the list when we do open the doors to this membership product that we are creating, text the word founder to the number 33444. Basically, we've been hearing from our members that that what it has helped them do is get real clear, complete clarity on what their long-term goals are and the exact actions they need to take today to get there and have an accountability system to make sure they're doing the right things. They're taking action order priority each week. So text the word founder to the number 33444 if you want us to notify you when that's coming out. It's gonna be at the end of June. And also... I want to let you guys know this episode is sponsored by Audible. So whenever we do these, we make a very strong book recommendation to you guys about a book that has made an impact in our lives. Since you're already listening to audio, you're probably a uh, Audible fan. So stay tuned in the middle of the episode. We're going to tell you what that book is and why you should listen to it. So with that, let's get into my conversation with Matt Johnson about how you can get more time in your day. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Uh, I was going through the airport and we're writing our book capacity, as many of you know, and I'm always looking for books to inspire me from a cover, 
from a content. And I came across this one thing book and it caught my attention right as I was walking through the airport and read it on the airplane. And long story short, I brought it into our entire team to help our team execute better. Because I really thought the messaging that you're going to hear from Jeff and the content from the book was so relevant to get people to realize how important prioritization is. And the one thing really talks about that. And Jeff, not to steal any of his thunder, but he'll kind of get into what the one thing is. But that's how I got to Jeff Woods. Jeff Woods is the VP of The One Thing. And he uh, has a successful podcast and is helping spread the message of The One Thing. So thanks for being on the call today, Jeff. Uh, Why don't you give a background of who you are and, and what you're doing with The One Thing? Sure. Appreciate it, Matt. So a little background before I started this business with Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, who co-authored the book. I was in medical device sales for five years, which, you know, fun job. Uh, wore, wore scrubs every day, ran through hospitals, sold devices, saved lives, really good life. I know a lot of people who listen to this will be able to relate with us. You wake up every day and maybe things are good, but you don't feel fulfilled. That's where I was. And it's because my whole life, pretty much as long as I can remember, I've, I've thought of owning a big business that made a big impact in the world and delivered real security for my family. However, I've got the golden handcuffs on. I don't have a compelling reason to make a change. And let's be honest, change is scary, especially when you got a good job. So I did nothing. Well, two things happened that, that forced me to make ch- a change in my life. The first was a colleague of mine had a stroke. And at the time, he was only 35 years old. So that just rocked me to my core really hard. My wife and I had just had our first child. We had just just, just bought a house in Orange County. So I've got real responsibilities. And my wife's a stay-at-home mom. So what happens to the family if something happens to me? That was very disruptive. Uh, The next thing that happened was a week later, which was my company just to remain competitive in the marketplace, had to make a change to our commission structure. As a result, my income gets slashed by 40%. How many of you have ever suffered a massive pay cut or a devastating job loss? You know how painful that is. So those two things back to back made me realize that I needed to make a change. I heard this Jim Rohn quote that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Have you ever heard that one, Matt? Oh yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, well, and and I'm sure a lot of people have heard it. Um, For the first time, I actually asked the question, who are my five? Well, yeah, the hard part is how do you execute that? Correct. Correct. And I realized, okay, how many of the people I spend time with own a business that's making a massive impact in the world and delivering real security for their family? Big old goose egg. (laughs) Um, So that became my one thing at the time was to upgrade my five. And, And I won't bore you with the details, but long story short, I ended up acquiring a tremendous amount of really powerful mentors. I started a podcast called The Mentee, where I was the mentee and I was just recording my real conversations with my mentors who were guiding me. And you know, I turned that into a, a six-figure business in about a year. And you fast forward, it was our national sales meeting for my medical device company. And Jay Papazian, who co-authored The One Thing, was our keynote speaker. And I, I just, I knew I had to be in a relationship with this guy. I cornered him when he came off stage. I interviewed him. I followed up relentlessly, just asking how I could add value to him. And, you know, after four or five times of, of adding value, uh, I asked again, what are you working on? How can I help you? How can I bring value to you? And he said, Gary Keller and I are looking for a CEO for a new company. I said, well, I'm a super connector. I have a really deep Rolodex. Let's talk. If I know somebody that I can introduce you to, I'd love to just trying to add value. And when he told me what they were looking for, 
I realized the guy they were looking for was me. So threw my name in the hat and you fast forward, I'm standing in Jay's office as we speak. So kind of explain for the uh, listeners who haven't read the one thing or know what Keller Williams is, who Gary Keller is and Jay Papasan. Yeah, so Gary Keller um, started, co-founded Keller Williams Realty. It's the largest real estate company in the world. So when you think of titans of their industry, when you think of Carnegie, Rockefeller, the modern day titans today, the titan of the real estate industry is Gary Keller. Gary is a consummate student and has always viewed KW not as a real estate company, but as a training and education company, which is why one of his things that he loves to do is write books. And he wanted to write a book uh, about the, the, the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. We're not talking about results or good results, great results. We're talking about extraordinary results. And Jay Papazan is his writing partner. Um, Jay was a uh, an editor at HarperCollins. He has been involved with some incredible New York Times bestselling books and he and Gary teamed up and you know they've they've done some amazing work together. So now we're here, you're running the one thing for Gary and Jay. What is the one thing? And, and kind of, uh, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. I kind of teed it up from a prioritization, but what's your explanation of the one thing? And I know, you know, I've listened to some of your podcasts in the past and and you tease about your wife and your family members, you know, what, what do you do? All those types of things. But what is the, what is the one thing, you know, how does it help people? Sure. Well, I, I think the, on the cover under it, it says the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. That's what it is. Now, what is that surprisingly simple truth? Um, it's, it's that most people wake up every day and feel like there's not enough time to do it all. They, they go from action to action, just trying to get as much done as they can. But at the end of the day, they wake up and feel like, did I even get anything done? The surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results is that you don't try to do it all. You don't ask, what do I need to do? You ask, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. It's applying the 80-20 rule to the extreme. You're not looking for the 20%. You're looking for the 20% of the 20% of the 20% to the point you get down to that one single lead domino. That if you just flick that one domino down first, would set this cascade into motion of all these other things that would fall over in your life. And and you know, as I'm, I read the book and talked to you and got into it deeper. Um, you know, it's, it's so simple, but is there anything as you guys are, uh, working and, and trying to get more people to consume the information, why people don't think of the one thing, why they, they try to make things so complicated. I know we're bombarded with information. We talk about that on pretty much every podcast, especially in regards to health, but why don't people see the writing on the wall when it comes to the one thing? I think it's twofold. I think one is they consume the book. They read the book. They listen to the One Thing podcast. It makes sense to them. It's simple. They go, oh yeah, that makes total sense. But in consuming content is great, but the problem is most people consume content, but they don't back it with action. That's where the real results come. With, with our society today, with the internet, with the media, with podcasts, there's, there's more information than ever before. And people just want to consume, consume, consume. They feel like more is better. What they don't do is slow down and say, what's the single piece of content that I need to consume and then go on a road to mastery, begin taking wow. action and trying to master it. I think that's yeah. the first half. Okay. 
The second half is the way that society is set up. We were never, or let me ask you, Matt, were you ever taught in school how to bring priority into your life every single day? <laughs> I'm going to answer that later, but no, I haven't. Okay. Um, were you ever taught how to ask the one thing that would make everything else easier or unnecessary and to have the habit of focusing on that first and viewing everything else as a threat? No, you'll learn in a second. An ADHD, dyslexic kid. No, I didn't. Know, I didn't learn any of that kind of stuff. Correct. People were never taught how to how to identify identify their priorities. They were never taught how to focus. They were never taught how to manage their time. They were never taught how to train the world, to train the community that they live in, to what they what would make them most productive. Here's what I mean by that: Your boss comes up to you and says, "Hey, you got a minute." Most people say, sure, regardless of what they're doing. A colleague comes up, you got a minute? A customer calls, your email dings, you've got notifications. We have trained ourselves to say yes to the world. And what we have unconsciously not realized is that we are saying no to ourselves. You know, when you when you brought those two things up, it's it's like I'm looking at my notes here, what I'm gonna ask you. And this leads into really the purpose behind why I brought you in on the podcast. I, I have a different mentality when it comes to podcasts. We've, we mostly do education. And uh, for this particular point, I thought you could do better education. So I, I invited you to interview you. And it comes down to, you talked about a couple of things. Information does not create uh, action. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's information overload. Everyone's bombarded with information. These podcasts are growing at an exponential rate, and there's more and more and more. And but I think one of the things that I really loved about your stuff is it's really you you educate. So there's some information, but you really start to educate. And we we discussed last month on our podcast internal motivation. And the challenge is is how do you get people internally motivated? It really comes down to education. And we mistake information for education. So it really, it's like when I was thinking of your stuff, I thought, man, you guys educate. And you know, one of the questions I was going to ask you, and, and this is a question maybe you don't think about or you have, um, do you consider the one thing a, a principle or a concept? What's your definition of a principle or a concept? Yeah, so a principle is, is um, you know, it never changes. It's in stone. A concept is something that's not proven to be, uh, it may work or it might be working, but it hasn't been scientifically or throughout the, the period of time proven. And so I say that because there's so many concepts out there. When I was reading the one thing, it felt like the one thing was a principle. Well, and, and I'll answer it a little differently. I'm going back to what's on the cover. The surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And it's that word truth. It's a truth. Now. How does it manifest in your life is an ever-changing journey. And I have been narrowing my focus down to living and hopefully one day mastering this, this concept, this, this idea. And it changes every day. Yeah, and it always will. It's a journey, right? It's a process. You just always, always get better. Well, you know, I was listening to your podcast uh, when you did your keynote for Keller Williams. And, and one of the things that stood out to me was you were asking the audience questions. And this kind of led to why I thought this was relevant for our listeners who, who come and listen to us. And we travel all over helping 
from a health standpoint, but really trying to improve performance via that foundational health. And it seemed like, I don't know the percentage, but a large percentage found that their one thing, if they were going to say, hey, what was the one thing that they need to work on today, tomorrow, their next one thing, it, it always, or for the most part, it boiled down to taking care of their health. What do you think of that? Why do you think that is? And why do you think it takes so long for people to realize that's the the simple truth to take uh, take your business or your life to the to the next level. Sure. Well, on page 114 of the book, we have an image that's called the seven circles. Gary and Jay would tell you that these are the seven most important areas of your life and they're in order of priority. And I'll, I'll read them off to you. Um, spirituality, your personal or your physical health, your personal life, your relationships, your job, your business, and your finances. Now, note that personal or physical health is number two in that. Um, number one is spirituality because at some point in your life, you're going to look up and, and ask, why am I here? Number two is physical health because if you don't have your body, where are you going to live? And again, this is where you look at what society focuses on. They focus on uh, professional success, making money. Uh, Leadership, creativity. Cor- cor- correct. Right. They, it, there's just not a focus on health. But what happens is people can only burn the mid-eyed oil and burn themselves out for so long until their health comes into question. And then they realize, oh man, if I don't have this, it's game over, literally. Right. Yeah, that was that was really powerful to me. And it was, it's sometimes, uh, you know, I think when people maybe come across your stuff, they're not thinking about their health. They don't think this is going to help with their health, but it, you help people with their health because you start to get them to realize what they need to prioritize. Sure. And, and, and sometimes that helping them with their health doesn't begin with them focusing on their health. Sometimes it begins with them getting a small win in another area of their life. Maybe that's business. Maybe it's their finances. Maybe it's their relationships. But it's applying the principles of the one thing, narrowing your focus down to that one thing you can do in, in, in that area of your life, forming a power habit. And once you form a power habit, like going to the gym every day or checking your net worth every day or connecting with your spouse every day or meditating every day, and you get the confidence that you can mentally say, I want to form a habit that is X and you make it happen, all of a sudden you realize, man, now I can tackle the real elephant in the room, which is my health that I've been ignoring and looking in the mirror and saying, I don't really look like that. Then you end up tackling it. We never think we look like that. No, I look, I look like Tom Cruise as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, you know, let's, let's pivot here. When we talked and we kind of were having our initial, you know, introductory call, I asked you the question, you know, what, do you, what problem are you trying to solve? And you really, it came, was very simple and, and came to you pretty fast. And it was solving the problem of time. Do you want to talk about that? And I, and I really, um, I, I listened to three things that you think the three C's. Why don't you talk about why times the problem you're solving and what the three C's are. Sure. So a year and a half into building this business with Gary and Jay, um, Jay and I are having a conversation and he goes, instead of us focusing on money, what's the problem we're solving? And he and I agreed, the problem is around time, but what are people's real challenges with time? And this is where it came to asking the question and 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 this one of my strengths and one of my favorite things to do is to interact directly with our fans, to listen deeply and to take action based on the counsel that we're receiving from them. And so for the last 
gosh, 90 days, this has been my one thing to truly understand what the problem is we're solving. And the three C's you alluded to, we believed, and I revised it yesterday, that the biggest challenges people have with time is number one, lack of clarity. They are not clear on what their purpose is, why they're here, what they actually want, what their long-term goals are, how they can achieve their long-term goals. It's just, it's, it's, it's not clear. The next is they lack control. When they look at their calendar, they truly do not believe in their heart that they own and control it. They feel like they have to attend those meetings. They have to say yes to other people when they ask for help. They have to do everything for other people first and then do what's right for them in the time that remains. They lack control. And then we thought the third C was confidence. They're not confident in their goals. They're not confident they can achieve their goals. They're not confident they can say no to other people. Um, Yesterday, we revised this. I don't think that's the third C. I think the third C is actually community. I think people, number one, they don't know how to train the community to abide by their principles, to respect their priorities. They don't know how to say no to their boss, their customers, their colleagues. They're not surrounded by people who are raising the bar and bettering themselves. They're not surrounded and tapping into a community of people who understand this concept that you can control your time. You can say yes to yourself first and say no to everyone else and make them still like you. I think it's community. So community and control, the difference is communities like uh, we're not taught, we're not educated. Yeah, we're, we're not surrounding ourselves. So clarity, control, and community. And these are the three pain points in regards to time. I think so. What do you think? I, yeah, I mean, I listen to you and it is really powerful to me. And I think, you know, time, I have some difference of opinions on time. I think time can be an actual object or it can be a made-up object in our mind, right? Because who's, who's creating the time? It's usually us. You know, somebody had to create the watches and the clocks and the... But I do think time's very important to people. And in in our age and in the, the place we are in our society, it just seems like this is getting out of control. People just are getting suffocated by the lack of time they feel they have. So I think clarity, clarity to me uh, was kind of the eye-opening thing. I think they don't really see or feel like they have a purpose. And that really is a snowball effect. And control, I mean, I, I, I believe you have control over everything. And, and you hear that every day. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to prepare a, a good meal to fuel my body when I have a really important meeting today. Well, I mean, that's kind of like common sense. If, you, if, you, if your life was on the line, would you feed yourself like a thoroughbred racehorse or would you feed yourself like you're running through the gas station in a hurry? 100% true. You change that. And then the community thing, yeah, I, I believe... I believe environment is so important. You know, that's what your quote of uh, Jim Rome was, is about the five people you surround yourself. That's community. So I, I, th- I think there's some real validity there. A uh, time to me, I, it just was so fascinating that that's the, that's the problem you're solving. And it's so simple. And I think that's what's going to be s- successful for the one thing when people feel like they're solving that problem or solving those pain points. Absolutely. What's your biggest challenge with time? You know, what do you struggle from a time standpoint? And, you know, one of the things I really respect about uh, Jeff for everyone listening is he always puts himself in the vulnerable state. 
You know, he gets asked the tough questions. He talks about his past. So what, you know, what's your time struggle? Because we all have struggles. Oh, and, and I appreciate what you said. And, and I will, uh, vulnerable is exactly what I was going to say. I'm just going to kind of speak off the cuff and what's coming from my heart. One of my biggest challenges with time is that things don't happen fast enough. <laughs> I want our business to scale faster. I want certain relationships to change faster. I want finances to change faster. I want my health to change faster. And what I often struggle with is resisting the short-term action, that thing that will help me in the short run, but will undermine my success in the long run. That's awesome. To embrace time, to endure the discomfort, the pain in certain situations so that I can play the long run that's sustainable. You know, that that's unbelievable. And I'll tell you why. And I'll, I'll bring it back to our world, our industry, what we deal with on a daily basis. Why don't people really invest in their health? And it comes down to time, you know, that instant gratification. You know, we all know putting money away now has compound interest later. Same thing with your health. If you move the body for five minutes today, it's going to help you down the road. Now, if you take a week off and you try to catch up, that's what everyone tries to do is they try to, you know, get it all in or start this plan and, and, and solve all the problems, but it's time. So you're saying, you know, Giving it enough time, giving your business enough time, giving your health enough time, not getting caught up into the trends and fads and 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 sexy marketing that we get bombarded with. That that's extremely powerful. Well, and and, and you're touching on something really important that I want to expand on. I remember, right? I told you earlier, we listen very deeply. So anytime we create something, whether it's a product, specifically products, we don't just create it. We have a group of people we call our founding members that we work directly with very closely and we customize it to their needs. And we're in the process of doing that right now. One of the things that a founding member said to me is there is this barrier between what we do today and the long-term payoff. We can all understand this. If you do something now, what does it look like tomorrow? What does it look like next week? Maybe next month, maybe this year. But when we ask, what does this look like for you three years, five years? 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. At some point in, t- in some point for each one of you, your mind broke down and said, yep, you lost me. Mm. One of the things that I literally got this yesterday from a quiz that we sent out to our founding members, we've been asking them what's been the biggest payoff for them interacting with us. And I'm literally staring at a sheet of paper where I wrote, you helped me get clarity on my goals and the actions to get there. Instead of looking at what you need to do today and forecasting it into the future, how about you begin with the end in mind? Get clarity on that goal and then work backwards to the point where you have clarity on the action that you must take today and you connect the dots. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And everyone's heard us say, we talk about finding your why, you know, that emotional connection to change. But the, the first question I think is the most important in any change, you know, behavior change is really what we're talking about here. Any changes, what do you want? So you're helping your community really get that first. What is that end goal? What is that outcome? And then working your way backwards. And then like you talked about the purpose, that's that, that why, you know, I, I share when I do my, my talks at the end at 30 years old, you know, 30 years old, I could probably get away with eating unhealthy and not sleeping as much and doing these things and get away with it in the short term. 
But my reason why is really long term. My f- grandfather is really powerful in my life, and and you know he never had his health. And everyone's heard kind of this story, but I know how important he was for me, and I want to be there for my kids and grandkids. So, so I'm really thinking about the future, and then I'm working. I'm, what do I have to do today at 30 to set myself up later at 60, 70, 80, 90? And uh, my big my big one is I want to live to 120 if I can. So that's I'm thinking about it. And you're saying you're you're finding that in your founding members that they really uh, that helps them when they start with the end in mind. It's amazing how many and, and the people who are in our audience tend to be pretty successful. What like 67 percent own businesses. These are high performers, and for us to work closely with a really good sized group of people. So it's statistically significant. And to see the number of people that have said, I've never had clarity on long-term goals like this before is just shocking at first. But then you go, well, when would they have learned it? We weren't taught. We weren't taught. And this is, again, we go back to that community. You surround yourself with the right people. Uh, it's amazing how fast you expand. In this case, our founding members have the pleasure of learning the systems and models from a guy who's become a titan of his industry. Gary is a master of systems. He's been documenting them his entire life because he knew that if he could document while he scaled an empire and he could hand that playbook down to people, what expansion could they have in their lives? Yeah, and, and and that's powerful when you're when you're listening and hearing principles from somebody that's actually implemented them instead of just out of thin air saying this sounds like a good idea. Yeah, that's I really you could feel the power when you were reading the book, going through all the content. He's been there. He's made mistakes. He's he's tried and and he's found this process that works every single time. You know, I want the listeners to take some action, right? We talked about that earlier. I'm going to talk about a couple of things here. First one's multitasking. And then I want to lead into focus because one of the things that I really, I think, integrates with what we do and what you do is you talk about time and how that helps with people's focus. And what we do is we talk about people's health and how that leads to people's focus. And without focus, in my opinion, you really can't do anything to your best ability. And I say that because if you're not focused, if you're not paying attention to conversations of the people in your life, you know, actually listening, no, nothing's ever going to be at the optimal level. So first, what, you know, what's the myth of multitasking? And I kind of read that in your book and I just thought it was you guys did that really well. And then uh, what do people need to know about multitasking and then how are they going to improve that? So I'll, I'll remind you, but let's talk about multitasking. Uh, and again, this is where we, when we talk, when we look at the community that we grew up in, uh, there was a narrative that if you could do more than one thing at the same time, uh, that would be that would be really good. And and if you look at where multitasking came from, it came you know it came back from the early computers. And there was a misconception; they thought that it was a computer doing multiple things simultaneously. It actually wasn't. It was the ability to do multiple things, but it was doing one at a time, switching back and forth between one another. Yet suddenly, you come up to modern day, and people just believe that it meant doing two things at once or multiple things at the same time. The truth is, and research would back this up, it is a lie. Now, here's the challenge. Undoubtedly, when we are speaking in front of an audience, there's always going to be that one person who 
here's this, and they reject it. So if that's you who's listening to this, stick with me, okay? Look at the research, you know, read, read the one thing and the research backs it up. The truth is they did a study, they had three groups. They had a group that they, they all had to do the same task. The first group had to do it multitasking. The second, switching back and forth from one thing to another. The second group had to focus on it, that one thing and just execute. And the third group had to take action on the task, stoned. Now, not too surprising, the group that focused, that monotasked, performed the best. What shocked the researchers was the fact that the group of people who did it stoned outperformed the people who multitasked. <laughs> so multitasking just makes you a sucker for everything, pretty much. Um, you don't believe me. Here's an example. Think about a time that you have been in the middle of reading or writing an email and something distracted you. Somebody stopped by and said, hey, do you got a minute? Your phone rang. Something happened where you shifted your focus away from that email. You handled whatever was in front of you and you came back to the email. Did you pick up in the middle where you were reading? Did you just start writing again from exactly where you were? Or did you have to go back to the top and start over and remember where you are? When you dissect what happens here, there's a thing called a switch cost. You're in the middle of doing a task. Something stimulates you and distracts you. In that moment, your brain on a subconscious, unconscious level has to ask, what are the rules of this new situation? Somebody's calling me. What do I have to do? Oh, I have to answer the phone. I have to sound not like a jerk. I have to say, hey, hi, this is Jeff Woods. Um, okay. And then you take action. Then you stop when you're done and you go, what was I just doing? Oh yeah, I was reading an email. What was that email about? Oh, it was that. I don't really remember. Okay, I have to go back to the top. That's a switch cost. They actually studied this and found that switch tasking takes 28% of the average person's day because you bounce back and forth between tasks. What could you do if I told you that I could give you 28% more time? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what everyone's after. That's the problem you're solving. So I really thought the multitasking was kind of leading into, you're trying to help people with time. People think they're multitasking. They're really task switching. You talk about chasing two rabbits. You can never catch either rabbit. So how do we, how do we transition? And so what's your, what's kind of your thing that really you think people can help their multitasking with? So like, what's the action? You're, you're going to love this. And this is, this is a mindset thing I learned from Gary Keller. Most people think big in terms of, I'm going to be this person that doesn't multitask. I focus 100% of the time. Love your vision. I love that you have high standards for yourself. That's awesome. But then they try to act big. They try to stop multitasking altogether. And day after day after day, they fail. And there's only so long that you can feel like a failure before you change the expectations so you don't feel like a failure. What Gary would encourage you to do is to think big, but act small. And this is where, Matt, I know you're just getting all giddy. What's one thing you can do? Just one little thing today where normally you would be switch tasking multitasking, where you can just prove to yourself for this one little thing, you're going to focus. And you get that done today. Just one. 
The mark of success is if you knocked out that one thing while focusing on it. Can you prove to yourself that you can knock that out for 66 days? And the reason I say that is because we know, on average, it takes 66 days to form a habit. Not 28, not 30. The reason most people don't form habits is because they don't stick with it long enough. Can you prove to yourself for 66 days that you can just focus on one little task? What have you found is like the one one task like that that people really can, most people are doing it and they're doing it wrong, but can, can really have success because success gives people the confidence. I think one that's pretty ubiquitous is checking email. I think a lot of people, myself, my former self included, check email any moment they get bored. Any moment you have a moment to spare and there's that that instant hit of I'm a little bit bored, you seek out stimulus. And that first stimulus is often, I'm going to open my email. I'll always remember standing in the line at the grocery store and I'm about to go up to the checker and it, but the guy in front of me is just moving a little bit slow. Oh, now's a great time to check email. So I whip out my phone, I swipe <laughs> down, I refresh, I see one, I open it up, I realize it's a bomb. I'm, I'm not dealing with this right now. I mark it as unread. But what ended up happening is I proceeded to have a conversation with that checkout person at the grocery store. I couldn't tell you a word they said because my mind was elsewhere. Your cortisol, your cortisol levels are high, your mind's racing, you can't get it out of your head. Correct. And it proceeded to occupy my mind share the entire day. I wasn't present with my family. I wasn't present when I was in my meetings. Right. So people need to prioritize or think about how they're going to check their email. So you're saying time block? Time block it. Yeah. Can you, instead of just checking email sporadically throughout the day, can you give yourself permission to say, no, I'm not going to check email at any random time. I'm going to dedicate five minutes to checking email. And if you can't do five minutes, two minutes. Can't do two minutes, one minute. What what is so ridiculously small that you know you can do it? And hold yourself accountable to doing it then. When you see that bomb, no, it's not time to mark it as unread. That's your time block to get it done. Get it done. Watch what happens when you start batching in your life. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that's so simple, but yes, so powerful because uh, I'm looking at some stats right here. We, uh, on average, the average mobile user taps, swipes, or clicks their phone 2,617 times a day for 145 minutes of time swiping and swooping and doing Where all that. are you seeing that? Oh, we've we've done some serious research for our book, and can, can um, you send that to me? I want to. Sure. I want to. I want to talk about that on an upcoming. So training. here's here's something even more wild. That's the average mobile user. If you're a heavy mobile user, it's five thousand six hundred and fifty four for an average of two hundred and twenty minutes. And and we and we all do that because, like you said, it's a stimulant. And and uh, our in a pot in a past podcast, I talked about uh, focus and how uh, we're trying to put out. The problem of focus with with gas. So if 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 the the problems fire, we're trying to put it out with gas. And so you're trying to manage being overstimulated with a stimulant. That's how we're managing focus. So I've done some research around all these things, but I think the the power of understanding multitasking that it's not multitasking, it's actually task switching, is a game changer for most people. They've never thought that way. When I was a kid, I was told if you can't multitask, you're not going to be successful. Okay, well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do as much as possible, and then that leads to a disaster and a lack of quality. 
then then you've given a, a, the the listeners a tactic, a strategy. Start small. Start with time blocking your emails. You all check emails. Let's start right there. So we can have some success. We can start seeing that. Let's transition into focus. What is your thought? And we've never talked about this, so this could be off the cuff, but your thought between time and focus and how they're interconnected. So so time is a huge challenge right now. And then I would say equally, focus is a, a thing of the past. You know, our attention span's gone from 12 seconds to eight seconds. And so time's running out and focus is running out. Why why are those linearly connected? Because they obviously are going in the same uh, trajectory from a pain standpoint. Well, when you said what's the correlation between the two, you know, time is your greatest resource and focus is how you get the most out of it. Mm. Yet, if you're not focusing, you don't feel like you're getting the most out of your time, which makes you feel like there is less of it. It's not as fulfilling. It's not as rich. It's not as deep. Right. It's not as qual- it's not the quality you're, you're looking for. You don't have the control. Can I share a powerful story with you? Go ahead. My very first interaction with Gary Keller, day one of my of me moving to Austin and, and starting to work for them, Gary had a mastermind for his top agents in the world. I mean, there's maybe twenty to thirty people in the room. Period. That's it. The top dogs of the top dogs. And I remember. Somebody asking Gary, Gary, why are you doing this for us? Why are you here? Why are you investing your entire day, your time, your most valuable resource, which if you look at productive dollars per hour, his is pretty damn high. (laughs) Why is he in that room? What he said shocked me. He said, because my one thing is making sure that I do everything in my power to make sure that I make you guys successful. These are the top of the top of the top. His one thing is to help them become more successful. And what he said next is the shocker. He said, and I view everything else as a threat. Wow. So he's, he, he, that's his one thing, and, and he, but he acts on it. He's walking the walk. And, and, and I've seen it manifest so many times how much he says no. We had a regular rhythm of um, every month we'd have our state of the company meeting. I wasn't aware of some things that were happening behind the scenes, but all of a sudden, our meetings just got canceled. One month goes by. Two months goes by. Three months goes by. Six months go by. No meeting. And I'm going, what's going on? And, but I just, I trusted. This guy focuses on his one thing. His one thing clearly isn't me. And, and I'm taking it as a, as a vote of confidence that I can just run without him need, needing to be there. I then find out that certain things happened. Like, you know, he was focusing on his one thing. He literally said no to everything else. Do you have the discipline? Do you have the practice, the habit of looking at the things that truly matter most in your life, the actions that you absolutely must take, a must-do list, not a to-do list? And you have the habit of acting on those first and viewing everything else as a threat. Yeah, that's and that's mastery. And so you're saying, you know, we got to start somewhere because we're we're not doing any of this well. Correct. Think big. That's really great vision, Jeff. Love it. Start small. Think big, start small. So what's uh, kind of 
you know, we talked about your health. What's the one thing you're doing in your health? And I heard you talk about your, you've been working on meditation and trying to exercise more, but what's your one thing in regards to health? And I think, you know, the viewers and listeners like to hear what other people are doing. So for me, my most recent focus when it came to my health was, was around my mind, the health of my mind. Um, you know, Physically, I'm in pretty good shape. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd like to drop about 10 pounds, but all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. You know, my diet's not crazy good. It's not crazy bad. It's, it's, it's okay. You know, get better. The problem was my mind. I, starting and scaling this company um, has been the most rewarding experience of my life. Well, cancel that. Having children, most rewarding experience <laughs> of my life. Um, it's been the most mind-expanding period of my life. Yet it's also brought stresses with sure. it. And I have found days where my stress is so high that it comes into my home. I allow it to come into my home. I allow it to come into my marriage. I allow thoughts to plague me throughout the day. And Jay said something to me really interesting. He said, um, I want you to imagine that I just handed you $86,400. Think of what that would look like. And I'm going, I got it, like it. And I said, now I want you to imagine that somebody came in here and they took $20 off the top. They lit a match and they lit it on fire. How you feel? I'm like, I want to punch him. And he goes, okay, are you now going to take the match and light the remaining $86,380 on fire? I said, no, that'd be ridiculous. He said, exactly. Every single day you have 86,400 seconds. There are going to be times when things happen where $20 are going to get lit on fire at a time. Are you going to then turn around and light the remaining seconds on fire? I needed to get my mind under control. And the one thing I could do to get my mind under control was to start meditating more regularly. And the one thing I could do to start meditating more regularly was to track, literally track. We have a 66-day challenge calendar. It's a calendar that has 66 spots on it that you cross off when you earn the right to, where I would meditate for a minimum of one minute because I knew I could do that. Start, start big. Think big, act small. And you fast forward, now it gets to the point where with like clockwork, I pop out of bed, I'm meditating for 15 minutes in between appointments. I'm meditating for as little as a minute just to reorient my mind to what's about to happen and how can I show up as the highest version of myself? Am I centered? Is my energy good? Am I positive? Do I, am I showing up as the type of CEO that I need to become? And it's changed everything. You know, one of the things that we teach is uh, we're the source and the solution of stress. And so I think it sounds like that's what you finally realized is that you are causing the stress, even though it's some stressor, could be, you know, the pressure of the business, could be an external factor, could be anything, right? We all have different stressors. And most people believe stress is a a psychological thing. And it's really a physiological thing. The stressor is us making stress. So yeah, we're gonna have stress. The key is, are you gonna allow it to burn up? the rest of the money. Yep. Yep. Well, and this, this comes down to one of the, the commitments in the book, which is live the accountability cycle. Are you showing up in the world as a person who is accountable? Who, when things happen, they don't go to blame, to shame, to justification. They first and foremost look and ask, where's my DNA in this? What can I do differently? Could I have done differently? And if you got an answer, you don't even worry 
about anyone else, you start focusing on yourself because you can control yourself. You can't control other people. Right. Well, I appreciate you spending the time with us and uh, your passion and purpose are kind of contagious. I hope everyone felt that on the other end. But um, we all have this precious commodity called time. And I believe the one thing and and Jeff and Gary and Jay really can help you uh, with this this commodity called time and, and hope everyone can improve on the three C's, clarity, control, and community, and uh, hopefully improves their time. So Jeff, thanks for uh, joining us. Hopefully we'll have you back and uh, to improve it on your time. See you next time. I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Matt Johnson from the Life on Target podcast. Uh, Listen, folks, we know so many of you have read the book. My question for you is, did you just read it and move on to the next one? Or have you given yourself permission to take a step back and ask, how can I begin living the book? We talked a lot about multitasking. We talked a lot about focus. We talked a lot about priority. My question for you is out of all the things we talked about, what's the one that really resonated with you? What's the one thing you can do from this episode such that by doing it would allow you to live the book with more intention, would allow you to make everything else easier or unnecessary, would allow you to get more time in your day. At the end, we talked about what it means to live the accountability cycle, and it starts with you becoming a person who is accountable. Whether you've realized it or not, you have subconsciously or consciously chosen to focus your time in certain areas. You have chosen to not do the things that matter most. You have chosen to focus on one area maybe instead of your health. Is it time that you start choosing differently? We hope you will consider these things and that you will take action. We hope that you will share your feedback. If you go to facebook.com slash the one thing book, all spelled out, you can send us a direct message. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you are going to do. So in fact, that is a direct call to action. I'm gonna include the link to the Facebook page below in the description. I want you to click it. I want you to go there and I want you to tell me what you are doing. I will be looking for these responses. And in fact, when you go and put your, and when you go and send us a message, put the word multitask in there. Just send us a message with the word multitask and we will automatically respond to you and we can engage in a dialogue. So go to our Facebook page, click the send message button and type multitask and the dialogue will begin. So thank you again so much. We appreciate that you have been listening to this podcast. We see the downloads going up tremendously month over month, which really has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with you. That means that you're sharing it. It means that you're getting value and it means that you are going out and you are telling people on a regular basis. And for those of you who are doing that, it means more than you know. So if you have not shared yet, please do so today. Uh, you can subscribe to the show so all future episodes get downloaded to your phone. Leave us a review. Bottom line, we love you. We really appreciate you and we look forward to serving you in the next episode. <laughs>